John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Hey everyone, and welcome to Cornerstone's first podcast mini-series called Abide. My name is Lindsay Andrews, and I am so excited you decided to tune in with us. Over the next seven weeks, we will be focusing on different ways to abide in Jesus through six different spiritual disciplines. What does abide mean, you ask? Having a life connection with Jesus, dependence on Jesus, and to remain in him until the end of our days. Now, let's get started. Well, welcome everyone to the first Spiritual Disciplines podcast interview. Pastor Hannah here, and we are so happy to go deeper in these next few weeks to learn what God teaches us through scripture about the habits and disciplines of a growing and faithful Christian woman. And the first person that we are going to interview today is Sheila Barnes, and she is going to share with us about the spiritual discipline of prayer. And we both agreed it would be appropriate if Sheila actually prayed before we got started. So Sheila, would you lead us in prayer today? Of course. Thank you, Pastor Hannah. Dear God, we just, uh, Father God and Son and Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you that you are here with us and that you will give us the words to express this beautiful way that we can talk with you at any time. Lead us today in our words and our thoughts. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, Sheila, let's start this conversation off with you telling us just a little bit about yourself. Well, I thought off over all the years, what could I say? So I've got five little tidbits. Once I tell you this, I'm a prayer warrior. I love to pray. I'm a child of God, a king's kid, and a Christ follower. I love God, and I love others, and I love to serve others. Now, the five little tidbits, I'm married to a wonderful husband, Ross, uh, that he was an answer to prayer. Now, some people marvel at that, but I met him 50 years ago at Acadia University, and we've been married 47 years. We have two adult children, Chris, a teacher in Saskatoon, and his wife, Okyup, and two beautiful grandchildren, Kai and Maya, and a daughter, Carrie, here in Charlottetown, human resources advisor. And God has also given, knowing that our beautiful biological grandchildren are far, far away, given us lots of chances to be Grammy and Grampy here on PEI. And I don't know if you knew, the first Syrian family that Cornerstone brought here to PEI were their uh, grandparents, too, adopted Um, Mama Sheila and Jedi. Grampy is a Jedi. So since I've been retired eight years, doesn't seem that long, after 38 years as a teacher, a vice principal, a principal, and coordinating all the elementary education, K to six, on this island that's in use now for our wonderful children, God chose public education as my mission field. And that was a prayer too. I wanted to stay home, and I prayed to stay home with my children. But God said, no, public education is your mission field. And looking back, I see his wisdom in that, and the reasons are very clear. And God looked after me, looked after us, our children, and used me in so many ways. That's just, that's another story. Another thing about me is I owned and drove my own snowmobile. And I called it my prayer or mission snowmobile. I love that. I drove it since I was 16 years old, till just a few years ago when God stopped it right in the middle of the 
Confederation Trail and said, okay, on to the next plan. So I haven't driven it since. It's gone. And the fourth thing is, since I'm volunteering, uh, God uses me in many ways. He gave me many gifts, and my mother always said, to whom much is given, much is expected. So I volunteer. I coordinate decorating here at Cornerstone Cornwall. I lead the women's prayer ministry for Cornerstone. I tutor English with the PEI Association of Newcomers and have a chance to witness for the Lord through that. I edit master papers and documents, and I serve on a, uh, an international Canadian Institute of Reading Recovery where I... Um, was just serving as president for two years, and I lead a weekly working group on that. A wonderful intervention, reading recovery for grade one students for reading and writing. And the fifth and last thing, I don't know if people know, but Ross and I were led by God, me screaming and kicking, Ross not so much, uh, to plant Cornerstone. And our verse was, being confident in this, he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ's return. And that's Philippians 1.6. So those are some highlights how prayer has worked through my life. And there's many, many more stories if you want to talk to me. Yes, I know, Sheila, when I first started working here a couple years ago, you were one of the first people I met. And I remember thinking to myself, this is a woman who I need to watch because she is an amazing example. And I have so much that I can learn from her. So I'm very blessed. And I know so many women will be blessed by just getting to have this time with you and just to listen in on some of your wisdom. So let's jump right into this conversation about something that's come up many times in women's studies and conversations within relationships of our church family, and that is the spiritual discipline of prayer. And already I know you were the perfect person that we should talk to, so can you briefly share with us how you would explain prayer to us as if we were brand new to praying? Prayer is simply honestly talking with God about everything. Period. I love that. That's what it is. Yeah. It's allowed and in our thoughts as we go through our daily life, the ups and downs, and I've had lots of downs in my life from heart attacks, car accidents, suicides. Uh, I get called to a lot of emergency situations. Mm -hmm. God has sustained me, and it's always seeking God's will and direction in everything, and I mean everything, relationships, career, finances. God hears each one of us, as if I'm the only one talking to him. Now, in your talk with God, be honest, as I said. Sometimes we say, I don't understand why this is happening. Uh, and sometimes we have a lot to say. And God has big shoulders. Uh, you might think you're the only one going through this, but you're not. And <laughs> God knows. He knows all the details. Sometimes I just need to be quiet and listen. And for me, that's sometimes hard. Sometimes I cry out to God, as in the Psalms. David. Um, sometimes I don't know what to say. I'm in so much pain um, emotionally or physically. And Romans 8 26, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Love that verse. And the second thing about prayer, along with talking with God, is getting to know God. Mm -hmm. Know who God is and what he wants to do with our lives right now and in the future. God is the giver of wisdom and direction in everything. 
And finally, a plaque on my wall as a teenager read, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your crooked paths straight. That's a paraphrase. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Sheila, one thing that I think is so valuable in talking to you is that prayer is clearly part of your history from being very young uh, till now. And one of the questions that is covered in the study about the discipline of prayer was if we had prayer modeled for us in our homes growing up. So what was your experience with learning about prayer? It was very exciting. Growing up on a busy farm, and I was a farmer before I was a teacher, From the time I was able to talk, I remember saying prayers with my mom and dad at bedtime. And on the wall was an embroidered little girl praying with the words, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And I saw that as I fell out of my bed when I was very young, two or three, and broke my collarbone. And was I in pain? But I saw that little girl praying. My parents prayed before we ate, mostly my dad. Uh, didn't matter who was at the house, it could be relatives and friends, and we had a lot, pastors, 10 men, neighbors helping with the fall harvest, and many of these neighbors were not Christians, uh, but they clearly knew that my dad was talking with God. And in our little church, my mom, who was a teacher in the daytime, public school, would pray as she led Sunday school or when she was president of the Baptist Women's Missionary Group, and she held that position until she was 95 years old when she passed away. So prayer happened anytime, for anything, and for anyone. I love that. I think something great that you raised here is just the importance of modeling prayer to everyone who's around us, whether that's our kids, uh, our spouses, our family, or like you said, even strangers in our house. So many of us, though, maybe struggle with finding the time Uh, to pray or to make that connection. So do you have any advice for uh, those of us maybe who struggle to make this connection to God intentionally every day? Start small. Just pick one time to pray. So setting a time to pray is really important. Start there and make prayer a priority. You don't have to have a gold pen, a prayer journal, your Bible open to a specific verse, or your hair comb just perfectly. Just carve out a time, whatever works in your schedule, wherever you are at that time, pray. When I was teaching, driving to work was about the only quiet time I had when I was a young mother, so that was my time to pray. Then begin to notice other times that prayer can happen naturally and in your schedule. Pray on the go as you prepare meals. Cut up fruit. Pray for the, uh, that you or your children or your husband be filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. Pray before you eat. Thank God for your food. Pray when somebody comes to mind. Be willing to talk with them on the phone, Zoom, pray with them anywhere. Sing a worship song. Praying is often singing. I I love to sing, and I sing to the top of my voice. My teens never had to tell, I didn't have to tell them to turn their music down. They had to tell me to turn it down, because I love it. Worship God that way. Pray when walking in God's creation. Pray at bedtime by yourself, with your children, with your husband, with a friend. Pray if you wake up in the night. Just pray. Hmm. 
Sheila, I'm so glad you said that we don't have to have our hair combed perfectly because anyone who knows me knows that I have crazy curly hair. It's different from day to day. So I'm glad that we don't have to be perfect in any of those areas. I was just going to mention a couple of other things here sure. too. A really good way to start praying, and that's, you know, start small with the time. But this really helped me when I kind of was organizing my prayer life as I grew in it, was ACTS, A-C-T-S. Mm. Now, this is an acronym, but it replicates the way Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. So A is for adoration, praise God, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all-knowing, all-powerful, any words, Emmanuel, God with us, wonderful counselor. And in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, holy or hallowed be thy name. And C is for confession. Ask God to forgive us our sins. Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive others who sin or trespass against us. T, thanksgiving. Thank God for so many things to thank him. Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. We thank him for his kingdom and that we can be part of it. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And S for supplication or asking, requests. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So A-C-T-S. And the thing I would say, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that's from Philippians 4, 6. That's wonderful. I know, Sheila, as uh, women of God, we strive to know and to live and to breathe scripture, the word of God. And something I've appreciated about this conversation so far is that you are a great example of this. Everything that we've been talking about, you've been weaving scripture in. It's so clear to me that you just live and breathe and know God's word. Uh, are there any other Bible verses that you use to encourage you towards prayer? There are so many, and it's good to memorize these. And as uh, when I was in Colossians uh, study group, uh, uh, prayer partner uh, and someone working on scripture verses. Memory said, say it like you mean it. Mm -hmm. Say it that's meaningful to other people. But these are the scripture verses that, I, that come to mind when I'm praying. First Thess Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Another great one that I love, and there's a beautiful song that I used to sing on this, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And that's one I used when I was working with Cornerstone in the early years for a 24-hour prayer vigil that I set up. So someone was praying for someone for... 24 hours, there was always someone praying. James 5, 16, the prayer of a righteous person availeth, is the way I learned it in the King James, mm -hmm. availeth much or is powerful and effective. A few more, John 16, 24, until now have you not asked anything in my name, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And to go along with that, there's, you know, you're not going to get everything you want. <laughs> but Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. We have to believe that God can answer our prayer. 
And then it's up to him how he answers it, and I'll talk about that a little later. And Ephesians 3 to 20, now to him who is able to do more than we all, than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And Hebrews 4, 15, 16, draw near to God with confidence. He knows our pain. He knows our temptations. So God is able to do anything. We just need to trust him and believe that he can, and then he will answer according to his will and his time. Mm. Sheila, what would you say to maybe people who are struggling with the idea that prayer isn't important because God knows our hearts anyway, so why would we bother to pray? How would you respond to that reaction to prayer? Well, Pastor Hannah, God does know our hearts and minds, Mm. every thought, so why wouldn't we talk to him Mm. about it? He knows every spoken word before we even open our mouth. So he wants us to talk to him about everything. God's mandate, it's really his mandate to us to pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. So why wouldn't we talk with him? Yeah, that's good. I know I've often heard um, that praying is kind of like when you are a child coming to a parent. If anyone is listening who's a parent, you know that you might already know what your child is about to say to you or bring to you, but you delight in hearing that in their own words and the fact that they want to come and share with you. And I feel like the Father's heart is very similar to that, where he delights in us just coming to him, and he might already know, but he just loves that it's us coming to him as as his children. Mm. Sheila, you're running this bi-weekly women's prayer meeting, which is awesome, by the way. Uh, I know that we have some women who have a legitimate fear uh, about praying out loud or not knowing what to say within a group like this, and we know that's totally valid. Uh, What would you say to a woman about the importance of praying with each other in community? And if they're not ready, where can we start small to learn to practice praying together? Well, there's tremendous power in praying together. Mm. I'd say just come, pray silently. Feel the power of God in coming together. Because God's word says, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I in the midst of, of you. So God is with us in a group. And James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And James 5.13, is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? And so on. God wants us to talk to him and pray about everything. Now, you asked about a good way to start, Pastor Hannah. So praying with one trusted Christ follower is a good way to start. And then start with one sentence, then two sentences. Ask a friend or two to pray for you to help you get started on your spiritual discipline of prayer journey. It is a journey, and we have to take the first step with God's help. I always have someone praying for me when I go into difficult situations or in anything I do where I know that there will be uh, evil (laughs) trying to thwart God's plan. So right now, there are two people praying for us as we, and I know there's many, But there's two people specifically praying for us right now that I asked 
for this conversation about prayer. Wow, I love that. Sheila, uh, I wonder if I could ask you maybe one of the tougher questions around prayer. Another question we thought about this week was the subject of persistent prayer. And we looked at Luke 11, 9 to 13, which says this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you are fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Sheila, I wonder, do you have any encouragement surrounding things some of us have prayed for maybe for years about, and we still don't see any changes or results that we might think are answers to prayer? Well, Pastor Hannah, if we read to the end of those verses, I believe God is giving us the Holy Spirit mm. when we ask. I don't think he's going to give us everything we want. Right. He's going to give us everything in his plan. And 1 John 1, 9, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, God always answers our prayers. You can be sure of that. And there's three ways. There's no, like any good father, when we ask for something that's not in his will or not good for us, he will say no. God says no because that's not in his plan. Not good for me. Not going to bring God glory. Sometimes God will say yes. God says yes when we ask, and it's his will, and we are fitting in his plan. That's from Romans 8, 28, and a wonderful friend, pastor's wife, she said to me, uh, you have to fit in the plan. Yeah. And, when we, and we know that in all things, God works together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose or fitting in his plan. And there's a perfect peace when we get that yes from the Holy Spirit, a peace that people can't really understand, the world. But God, through his Holy Spirit, gives us that peace and says, yes, that's the right answer for this situation, for this request. Sometimes it's wait. Wait and wait and wait. God has a different plan than we're asking. A better plan, God might have to work on us or someone else first before the plan takes place. God is a good, good father, and he knows what is best for us and what we pray for. Now, our mandate is to pray. And I say, I heard this one time, push. Pray until something happens. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, wait. Now, I've been praying for 40 years, 40 years for my brother to commit his life to Christ. Mm -hmm. He hasn't yet. It was 50 years of praying for my older sister to commit her life to Christ. And after suicide attempts and me on the phone to her in Calgary, when she's called to say goodbye, I said, Sister dear, you can choose life in Jesus Christ or you can choose death. God gave me those words. She chose Jesus. I pray for others in our family, friends, and community who don't know Jesus. Keep praying, believing and trusting God to answer in his time and plan. I look for miracles every day in the yeses, 
in the no's and in the waits. Wow, Sheila, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I know that you, even you sharing parts of your story is such an encouragement and a testimony to God's goodness. For those of us who are listening, who maybe are waiting, and we might be feeling like we're in a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year, 40-year um, season of waiting on God. I feel like that is such an encouragement and such a testimony. So thank you so much for sharing that. Sheila, uh, I can tell that you are praying constantly. Uh, It just kind of flows out of you. But we would love to know just how you practice this discipline in your daily or your weekly life. Good question. Every day I pray. Uh, One pastor friend of ours, when we were doing Cornerstone originally, he said, sometimes, Sheila, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. (laughs) I don't know about that. But every day I pray continually. I set a time in the morning, and that's, I was up early this morning praying, um, but now that I'm retired, I have the luxury of praying at any time, but I have a prayer chair, but whatever time that is, this morning I was still in bed, so I prayed. Uh, sometimes I sing praises to God, and when anything comes into our prayer at cornerstonebaptist.ca, prayer at cornerstonebaptist.ca email, I stop and pray and send a message. We have a little prayer team. God is formed, and that goes out. And when anyone comes to mind, I pray. Pray for our pastors regularly. When a text or an email or a phone call comes in, I pray. Just stop and pray. When my husband and I have to make decisions, this is really interesting. We pray, and we both get the same answer. It it doesn't matter if it's about a small group to attend or money to give to something or to the missions. We get the same number. And it's just, it saves any discussion, saves any arguments. Wow. Uh, I find a day without prayer, and I've coined this, is a day in despair. I love that. Hmm. If I haven't dedicated a certain amount of time to talk with God. That's very good. A day without prayer is a day in despair. That's good. That's, that's the truth. Sheila, I know that you mentioned to us uh, prayer at cornerstonebaptist.ca and that we have a prayer ministry here at Cornerstone. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's currently being offered for women at Cornerstone regarding prayer? Well, this is so exciting, Pastor Hannah. There's a Cornerstone Women's Prayer Time. Amazing. Every two weeks on Mondays, 7 to 8 p.m., one hour. You can either be in person or Zoom. It alternates. Now check Cornerstone's Monday and Thursday emails, as well as our website. And the prayer time is one hour long, and you can pray silently or out loud. It's up to you. It's an amazing time. It's so powerful as we come before the throne of God together. And we have a time of praise where God has clearly answered to prayer. Um, And it's amazing. The things we've prayed for, the things that have come to fruition. A time for prayer requests, either sent in to our prayer at cornerstonebaptist.ca email or brought by the women to the gathering. And a time to pray over, and every time there's been somebody in the group, on Zoom, in person, that we need to pray over. Hmm. Now with COVID, we can't physically touch them. But we, many women pray for this particular woman, and sometimes we raise our hands, sometimes we stand, it's, but we can't touch the person, but God knows. And we pray over that woman 
And it's so, so powerful. It's such a blessing to get together to lay our requests, our hearts and our minds before an almighty God with Jesus ever interceding for his children. Can I just encourage you, if you're listening right now, and you have never tried uh, a gathering like this before, to give it a try. Uh, I can speak on behalf of Sheila and this wonderful women's prayer ministry that this is a safe place. This is a place where you will encounter just a beautiful community of women who love the Lord and a place where I think you can encounter Christ in a special way by being in that community, by spending the time to pray. And I love how you shared that we don't necessarily have to pray out loud. We can pray silently, but just to be in the presence of that community and in the presence of, of God uh, in that way, I think is so special and so important. So thank you and, and the other women who uh, had that up for doing that, because I know it's been a blessing to so many. I know personally, uh, every once in a while, I'll get an email from Aaron Stretch saying, we're praying for you tonight, uh, Pastor Hannah. So what can we pray for you for? And I just know that, uh, I am so thankful and I feel so blessed just by knowing that there are, there's a, a group of women holding us up in prayer as we lead uh, and as we live our lives. Sheila, you pray uh, a lot and you pray for a lot of different people and you pray about a lot of different things. I wonder, do you have a system in place to keep track of prayer requests? I know some people use journals or reminders on their phones or prayer apps, or like you said, you have a prayer chair, maybe a specific place in your home to pray. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, all those things are great, but God has given me this ability that once someone asks me and I might, and I pray, I remember it. It's quite incredible. Um, and, but whatever works for each woman is really important. I do have a prayer chair, but I can pray anywhere, and you can pray anywhere. And I pray in the yard, I pray on the phone, I pray in the car. Um, when a prayer request comes into me, uh, by text, phone, email, um, or a person's name comes in my head. I remember one time I was praying, Lord, you haven't given anybody to me for a while to pray, and I was at the sink washing dishes, the phone rang, a lady who I didn't know said, I was asking God who I could call to pray for me. And he gave me your name. I looked in the phone book and got your number. So you can pray uh, at any time. I immediately pray. If I say I'm going to pray for you, usually I'll pray for you right there on the spot. I've learned to do that. And sometimes I'll say, do you want me to pray for you now? Or do you want me to pray on my own? A neighbor was having surgery recently, and uh, I'm not a Christian yet that I know of. And I said, could I pray for you? And she said, yes, you could. And so we prayed. So, um, and then I took her tulips over when she arrived home. So in, uh, sometimes I make notes if there's a lot of prayer requests. But once I write it down, then God, and God knows the details. Someone mm -hmm. said, Sheila, you don't need to know what room number they're in in the hospital. You don't need to know all the details, God knows them, just pray. Right, right. Wow, that is incredible. I know for me, um, to help me remember, I use an app called Prayer Mate that you can download on your phone, and it kind of cycles through different prayer requests that I've been given uh, each morning. So, And it even has a little reminder, so it'll pop up on my phone uh, around the same time that I do my devotions every morning. And it says, time to pray? And I go, oh yeah, it is time to pray. So I love that those different systems that we put in place and, and those kind of things. 
Sheila, uh, we're so thankful for all that you have shared with us today. And I feel like, oh, this conversation could just be getting started on prayer. It's, it's been so rich to sit down and talk to you. Uh, our last question for you today is, what is something that you are loving right now? Well, Pastor Hannah, I'm loving being retired. Mm. I feel like I'm on vacation every day. People laugh at that when I tell them what God has me doing. Right. And, uh, but I'm content where whatever the circumstances and I look forward to each day and anticipating how God can use me today uh, it's exciting and um, I look for forward to planting our vegetable garden still a farmer and I look forward to swimming and uh, prayerfully seeing our Saskatoon grandchildren sometime soon mm -hmm. but I thank God for FaceTime Zoom and WhatsApp so I use all of those uh, for tutoring and uh, for talking with others. And I'm just loving being in God's word. I love searching the scriptures, reading his word. Just finished the better Hebrew study. And if anybody that's listening has a chance, go through that. It's a wonderful study. I never had one, and me being a teacher, I really analyze things, right. and it's an amazing study. So I love being in God's word, and I love praying. I think that's pretty obvious. Yes. Something I have loved, Sheila, is just getting to spend this time with you. And I know the women who are listening have loved this as well. We want to thank all of you who are listening for tuning in. And Sheila, especially, we want to thank you for sharing your thoughts and giving us a deeper understanding of what prayer can look like practiced in our daily lives. And like I said, I think the conversation is just getting started. So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what other discussions this podcast generates. So thank you for being here and uh, we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you, Pastor Hannah. We hope this podcast and corresponding study is a blessing in your life as we together learn to put into practice all that Jesus has made available to us and invites us into as his daughters in Christ.